Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I'm John Holmes, it's The The One Show Show, the podcast that takes government advice very seriously by not allowing it to come anywhere near any other podcasts, certainly not ones in any kind of chart. I am John Holmes and joining me to pull the wings off this week's One Shows are Mark Haynes and Jenny Barsby. They had that little thing where Owen Wynn, uh, I'm going to say Evans, but I, I'm not sure if that's me being... The weatherman. As, as Welsh racist as someone saying Seamus Heaney's Irish poems. Uh, but they, they mentioned that... The, the drumming weatherman. They've known yeah. each other for 20 years, which seems incredible because yeah. Owen Wynne Evans, the weatherman, is 15. Mm. <laughs> they, they, they showed a clip of them from back in the day on something. I mean, God knows what it was, where Owen Wynne-Jones is just drumming in his room while Alex is standing between the drum kit and the open door, nodding her head. But when they said we found a clip of this, you know, Geffen introduced it. Well, we found a clip of you from was 15 years ago. And Alex just went, oh, stop it! <laughs> Funny <laughs> you should mention that, Oz, because I actually found a great bit of footage oh. of you and Alex working together oh, back in the no. day. Enjoy oh, this, everyone. Stop it! <laughs> Super aggressive. It's just, she looked largely the same. Credit to her, she's not changed very much, yeah. but they all reacted yeah. like... Like, oh my God, that's you in in the Bay City Rollers with flares and that platform here. <laughs> she looked pretty much identical. See, I'm going to disagree with that. As a woman, the only woman in the room on Zoom, I disagree. <laughs> she looked bloody awful, and I would be so peg and embarrassed if someone had put a, and her. I mean, her moves seriously. And but yeah. I did quite like the weather guy. I loved his like Justin Bieber hair. It yes. was quite yeah. something. <laughs> but what's with the one show in the drumming weather? It wasn't the drumming weatherman about three weeks ago, or have I just lost track of time? And the one show I've only just sort of latched onto that bit of. Uh, yeah, they they had him drum over the credits to this as well. <laughs> to the one show with Geffen Jones and Alex Jones and if you thought our opening music sounded a little different tonight well you'd be right because yeah. our theme tune has been given a bit of a remix by BBC weather presenter turned drummer extraordinaire there he is Owen Wynn Evans going for it look at going for it it'll be a bit like us sort of saying our special guest is Guy Goma it, it's one of those things that was big <laughs> at the time but isn't that big now it just seems a bit dated we do realise of course that the one show is about a month behind everyone else so in fact yeah. they're not even in locked they're not even in lockdown yet <laughs> <laughs> that would explain amanda holden on also on the green sofa so that's exactly. a good point he, chewing he into a bat to, 
<laughs> Back when we we could all eat our delicious produce from the wet market, yummy. Yeah. Um, the, um, they were talking about a, a, a lockdown BBC orchestra. It really doesn't you're matter to you whether or not you're musical ice. or whether you can play an instrument. The idea is to to just have a go. Which again was open to everyone. You didn't even have to play an instrument. Which again slightly undercuts, I think, what music is. You should. If you want to play music, learn to play music and you should, there's an art and a skill rather than just going, literally everyone turn up, whatever you want to do, just do it in front of these people who have trained for 40 years and are the height of their profession. Just, you know, get a pot and start bashing it. You can also get creative in other ways. You know, maybe you want to draw something, uh, maybe a bit of creative dance, get in one for you. So there's all sorts of things that you can get involved with by taking part in the spectacular BBC Lockdown Orchestra. For me, again, John, it's one of those slightly North Korean enforced exercises that state television (laughs) is constantly telling us to get involved in. We all have to now be part of an orchestra. And I, for one, just refuse. If you you didn't want to be part of an orchestra, the the other thing you could have joined in with was the uh, VE Day tease. This was on the Thursday, so they said, well, tomorrow's the special uh, VE Day. Our long version, me and Hugh Edwards are doing it. More Welsh Mafia. They're doing the... um, It's chilling. Doing the VE Day. (laughs) And they said, so to celebrate that, we've been asking who you want to meet again. (laughs) That's the laziest. (laughs) I mean, what, what... just that. Who do you want to meet again? Well, uh... It's going to be good. And the celebrations don't stop there because at nine o'clock, just after the Queen's address, there'll be a sing-along of We'll Meet Again. And to tie in with the song, we've been asking who you can't wait to meet again when this is all. Oh, so many people. We'll meet again. It would have worked better if it hadn't have been everyone over 60 saying, my grandkids, and everyone under 60 saying... Mum stroke grandma. Yeah. Whatever you do, yes. don't ask my mother because she'll kill you and say that I've left her with no grandchildren and I'm a selfish bitch. So you know what I mean? That would have gone down really well. <laughs> oh, she should have been on the one show. That would have been great. Know, right? <laughs> I'd have loved it if it was just a, a, a string of men of all different ages all saying Kelly Brook. <laughs> I think that would have been a really funny thing to say. And then Amanda Holden, trying to muscle in on that action right at the end, decided that what she'd like to do once it's all over is just run up to random people in the street and squeeze and touch them. Get off me. Yeah. It'll be an amazing day, though, when everybody I can't can wait finally... to squeeze people. Yeah, That's I hug them. I touch them. Yeah, you didn't realise how much you I wanted to I might just go and touch random people. Now. people. Apologies in advance if you get a squeeze from me on the street. If you what? see Amanda, she'll be around hugging you. Maybe run or just take the hug, isn't it? <laughs> And once again, you're going, we've forgotten all of the Me Too era. Now it's just fine to say that on the television. Yes, I'm going to run up to strangers, squeeze and touch them. Yeah, absolutely. worth saying as well, Alex, I think, said, you know, what a day it will be when we all get to meet up again. And I was just thinking about this. I was thinking, you know what that day is going to be, don't you? It is going to be the busiest day in British history. You are going to be in a traffic jam for nine (laughs) hours trying to get to your parents. You'll give up halfway and then you'll have nine hours going back. It's going to be the worst day in British history. (laughs) This just sounds like getting in out of Glastonbury Festival. I don't know what's wrong with that. Yeah, the future of Britain is just a constant getting out of Glastonbury Festival. (laughs) Just to go to your beloved Marks and bloody Spencers, Jenny. Absolutely, darling. (laughs) That day is going to be Glastonbury, but the headliners are your mum and dad. (laughs) When you you get there, you'll be like, oh, do you have any food? And they'll be like, not really. And you'll go, great, what have you been up to? Nothing. Oh, that was that was the best Glastonbury yet. Read this book of Irish poetry. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> there was a talk- young man <laughs> named Shalomai. <laughs> Shall we talk about uh, the young man called Michael Ball on Monday's episode? Uh, uh, for This was Michael Ball turning into a presenter of The One Show, not just a guest. But at the beginning, it was very confusing because Alex started to interview him because he's at number one in the charts with the, his major Tom, not the Bowie major Tom, the other major yeah. Tom, whatever his name is. Captain, Captain Tom, dear. Captain Colonel Tom. So she interviewed him, but then he had to turn to camera and present the show in one awkward segue. But you know, I just never think you helped it. him. You know, it was the, the is the icing on the cake for him as well. Wasn't well, it, very it, it nice. was very special for both yes. of us. I think. Yeah. Right. Well, a lot of us have been feeling a little bit uncertain. But the, the thing that makes me laugh most about that, John, is you got confused, and she literally started the show saying, "I promise there'll be no confusion tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to the One Show with me, Alex Jones. Now, I promise. There'll be no confusion tonight. Just a welcome distraction for the next half hour. Cue you getting confused. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing about that confusion thing is she was they were doing a political joke there. Yeah. They were saying the nation is all confused. And they were actually doing something there where I think that's one of the first times, apart from the mistaken Matt Baker line where he said, how do you sleep at night to David Cameron? I think that's the first time the one show has begun criticising the government. Yeah, there was definitely a light ribbing there. They referenced but, uh, it a couple of times, actually, didn't they? The confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the then what happened? The show is, is beginning to get disgruntled. What happened? They dropped a plate. <sighs> what was that all about? Yes. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> right, well, a lot of us have been feeling a little bit uncertain. <laughs> was it? What was it? There was no and explanation. The studio is it was Amanda Holden's press. <laughs> <laughs> That was a very odd thing. He, so he turned to present and then somebody dropped something like a plate off off camera. And Michael Ball said a phrase that I haven't heard anybody outside Michael Ball or 1940s Music Hall Act say, which was, whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> whoops-a-daisy. Please welcome Michael Ball's whoops-a-daisies. <laughs> <laughs> amazing dance trope. I, look, you know, we've had this before, and I think you've been won over by seeing Ball there, just because Ball is relentless showbiz professionalism. Yeah. And I thought he was... He was saying, oh, it's been blooming ages. He said, blooming ages. No one says that. He said, it's been blooming ages since I was last here. And it didn't feel like that, because we've done shows about him relatively recently. He's yeah. there all the time. But I just think he is perfect for this show i think he makes it look so easy and it's only when he turns up you realize that so many other presenters make it look so hard as soon as he's there i'm like i can see how the one show might feasibly work as a tv show i always feel like he's consistently stoned though do you know what i mean he just feels like he's certainly going yeah this is absolutely great he's so relaxing to watch i think he's i think he's really really good he even he's got like away with slagging the one show off didn't he there was a moment where he said uh, when they had uh, paul mckenna on paul mckenna the poor man's paul mckenna and, and he uh, <laughs> he was talking about his stupid new podcast where he talks about you know mindful hypnotism or whatever it is and yeah. jumping on that bandwagon and then they michael ball said they had a load of people asking paul mckenna on, they'd recorded messages on their phone about how to sleep at night, like David Cameron had done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Paul McKenna was, was turning that into an advert for his own YouTube channel very quickly. But then off the back of it, Michael Ball said, or oh, you could just watch the one show and that knock me right off. <laughs> the background stress of everything that's going on in the world is causing about half the country at the moment to have disrupted sleep. Yeah. Or just uh, watch another episode of The One Show. That'll send you right off. <laughs> <laughs> You're not fucked for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> See, he's good. 
Yeah. He is good. I mean, uh, uh, Paul McKenna was quite funny to see on. I mean, I remember when Paul McKenna was a brilliant hypnotist. I went to see him in like the early 90s when he was doing things like the Hammersmith Apollo yeah. with a show that was just, you know, getting people to act like dogs and <laughs> sit down on chairs that weren't there. And I prefer that Sit, Paul sit down in the dog's waiting room. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I preferred that Paul McKenna to the slightly sinister Harley Street psychiatrist who yeah. turns up on television is relentlessly positive in a way that makes me absolutely not trust. Absolutely scared the crap out of me. He's looking at me thinking, holy shit! <laughs> Darren Brown sort of stole Paul McKenna's thunder, didn't he? Sort of hypnotised him and just sort of said, you will be not as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite question for Paul McKenna in the whole thing was Michael Ball saying, Paul, have you ever hypnotised a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, have you, ever, have you ever thought of using hypnosis and hypnotechniques on a dog? The answer to that was... Um, no, um, but he sort of suggested he had tried it with his own dog. Yeah. No, there is, for some reason, like, it works well on humans, but not on my dog, as you can see here. Which, I mean, the hours must fly by. I was confused at first because they were talking about dogs. There was a film about a dog coming up, wasn't there? But, yeah. but yeah. they said to Paul McKenna, Paul, we know you love your pit pony, Misty. And I thought, what, he's got a pony. Paul, we know you love your pit pony, Misty. (laughs) And then they showed a picture of him with just a big dog. So, oh, right, yeah, the Great Dane. The, the Great Dane, so it's like the size... Oh, is that a light... Because it's the it's size a of a... thing. It's a Welsh is it, thing. Is it a yeah. pony you dressed as a dog? I don't understand what's going on. John, it's very simple. A pit pony was hypnotised into believing it was Paul McKenna's <laughs> Great Dane. Right? It's part of Paul's act. When he clicks its finger, it will wake up back down a mine pulling slate. <laughs> And I love that Alex took one look at it and went, Oh, she's huge! She's absolutely huge! Huge! <laughs> huge! I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monks. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So, how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. Available on all your podcast apps. <laughs> That's not right. Uh, just Can you not say podcast. uh in the advert? <laughs> Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin' or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's But become a bit, of a, a, a bit of a route one for them now, which is they think we get a lot of good content if we immediately introduce celebrities' dogs into the chat. Yeah, which they, they did with David Williams as well. They were like straight or all straight in for the dog yeah. thing. There was a reason though. There was a dog film here, wasn't there? Which yeah. um, they said spare a thought for dog owners out there because in our first film tonight, shot before social distancing, just to make that very clear. Uh, and I, as soon as they said that, of course, I just went, "Oh Christ!" Imagine that we are seven weeks in to a lockdown where they can't go out and film anything, and one of the films we must have gone through every film off their shelf, right? That they've yeah. just had, yeah. not putting them on because they're not good enough. No, let's not do that. We've got one about badgers. We've got one about yeah. clams three a day for three months yeah you know work out how many they've had to get through to, to get, get to, to this one. the problematic floor licking dog <laughs> <laughs> we've got four dogs but jack the collie we've got the problem with so he'll start licking the floor start pouring at the floor and getting himself stressed until he's snapped out of it <laughs> Oh, it looks so traumatised. He's just sitting there licking the floor like, you know, he'd just taken tonnes of acid and didn't yeah. know what to do with himself. Yeah. It was such a weird the sight, wasn't it? It was a dog pouring at the floor, licking it. Yeah. But it had a problem. It's got a, it's got a problem, this dog. And that is its problem. And, and instead of calling a vet, they've called the one show to fix it. Why? Yeah. Who, would do, who would get a dog and go, oh, it's licking the floor all the time? <laughs> Let's email the one show and see if they'll come and film it. <laughs> Maybe they could send dog punisher Victoria. I mean, I'd have loved it if she'd have just gone, he's licking the floor, he won't stop. How long has he been doing it? Oh, four years. You've got gravy on your floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we spilled gravy about four years ago on the floor. We never bothered to... Oh! <laughs> yeah, he had canine compulsive disorder. Yeah. Uh, where he got stressed out and then would lick the thing. And she basically said... Well, just when he does it, give him a treat, and then he'll stop doing it because he'll want a treat. You've waited, <laughs> what, five years, four years? To, to basically go, just distract yeah. him. thing is, I, I was distracted by her beautiful little treat holder that was, oh, you know, yeah. clipped onto her belt. And I was like, wow, I need this shit in my life. Where do I get one of these things? I can walk around the office going, hey, Alan Brazil, would you like a treat? It'd be absolutely <laughs> please amazing. Me, please tell me that would be a Brazil nut. Please tell me that's what you would give him as a treat. And, and, and oh. please tell me, whenever you go in there, he's on all fours licking, licking the, the floor. floor. Yes, yes, it's standard. <laughs> Right. Uh, my technique to deal with Alan Brazil is if he does it, you just have to hit him very sharply on the nose with a newspaper. No, no, Alan Brazil, no. To the waiting room. To the waiting. Go on, naughty boy. To the waiting room. 
I felt quite sorry for the dog, though, which she said was clearly overwhelmed by people being around it. So what have they done? Sent a fucking film crew. <laughs> yeah, They're shoving a it... camera in the dog's face, right in its snout. They go. The owner... The owner, he said, well, Jack's nine years old. His best years are probably behind him. Jack's nine years old. His best years are probably behind him. What? Nine? Dogs live to about 16. Yeah. You can't still go, oh, I've written this one off. Written him (laughs) off. I mean, credit to him. The floors have never been cleaned. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's as well. I was thinking to myself, there must be another reason that dog is licking the floor. Is there a body? Under that floor. <laughs> and he, it, we didn't see his wife. No! We didn't see his and wife. it was a big old house. I bet he shot some Marks house. and Spencer. But I, you, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh, why is he licking that bit of floor particularly? And why is he pouring at it, scratching at it? Where are the children? He Basically, shot some Marks and Spencers because their bags are much better sort of heavy duty. And that way, if you're transporting, say, for example, hands to a quarry, <laughs> there's less chance they'll roll out. <laughs> Oh, you're absolutely right. No wife and children. Big old family home. Mm-hmm. Dog licking the, a certain patch on a paving yeah. slab. Oh, darling. Wait a second. Look at this now. So that's Jack. This pouring at the ground. Yeah. How interesting. What this dog basically has is what we call Greyfriars Bobby Alert Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> It was an Edgar Allan Poe story of a dog, that was. It was just... Oh. Wouldn't it be a great twist if that dog trainer turned out to be his mistress? <laughs> <laughs> and what we've just watched on the one show looked like a very boring film, but it's actually their alibi. Amazing. <laughs> the next time this film will be shown, he's in a court of law. You'll, you'll never see it on TV again. The only time you'll see it is when it's recreated by actors if they bring crime watch back. <laughs> oh, Amanda Holden can play, can play the dog on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then at the end of it, just as a crowning glory, Michael Ball said, if you ever see me licking the floor... Touch my nose and give me a treat. Oh, bless. Now, if ever you see me licking the floor, touch my nose, give us a treat, I'll be absolutely fine. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) And Alex just went, noted. Noted. And then then pulled a face like, what is he like? Oh. Oh, Uh, They brought out then, uh, Ramesh Ranganathan was on as well. And uh, they they didn't shoot him right at the start where they went, Ramesh is here. And they said, how's it going? And he sort of went, yeah, good, good, good. And they went, great. Well, we'll be speaking to you later. Oh, good luck. We'll have a, a more of a chat with Paul and Ramesh to come. So presumably he just had to sit there for 20 minutes with his Zoom thing, that presumably his camera disabled, just yeah. waiting to be brought back in, which I thought was a really shitty thing to yeah, do. Yeah, that's how to get they... the audience figures, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. He's forced, to, look, he's forced to watch it, so therefore he's ticking a box. The only people <laughs> watching it uh, who aren't us for this podcast are just the guests they've got waiting to appear. Yeah. In dog's waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the Ramesh Rang and Nathan thing, and even when they, they did go back to him and started, now he's got his programme called Rang and Nathan that he does, it's a topical BBC Rang Two. Rang and Nathan, sorry, yeah, show yeah. that he does. And he's had to film it in his garage. And then he was talking about how a production team had turned up to transform his garage into the studio. But the key word here, surely, is production 
team have turned up in my garage where they were. He said I was handing them like my tour posters. And he going, are any of these people essential workers? Why is there a production team? in a man's garage where you can't do two metre, breaking the rules that we're all supposed to be abiding by, by making television under the circumstances they have to. It's just such an odd scenario. That's that's a garage, actually. That's your garage, isn't it? Yeah, they they uh, they told me that, that we were going to try and do it in the garage, so I was, I, I was like, OK, I was excited to do the show. And they basically turned my garage uh, into that. It was unbelievable. But, I mean, the problem I had was, is that... I put so much stuff in the garage that I was kind of embarrassed about. The idea of a production team coming into your garage, yeah. I found absolutely terrifying. And also, like, you know, since I've started doing stand-up, you get like tour posters and bits of memorabilia from different shows you've had. And I don't put them up around the house. I just put them in the garage. And then when the production team came, I must have just thought it was some sort of narcissist shrine that I was thinking <laughs> Television is one of the emergency services, John. You know, too few people talk about the fact that freelance television employees are the real heroes yeah. of lockdown. That's right. Let's applaud them now. <laughs> then they asked him about spiders, but you didn't get time to answer. Well, when you were cleaning out the garage, I mean, you must have cleaned it out. You hate spiders, don't you? Weren't there a load in there? Yeah, I am absolutely uh, terrified of spiders. I noticed they cut him off very quickly when they said, now you used to be a teacher. How are you finding homeschooling? However, with a homeschooling, you must have a bit of advantage because you were a teacher. I mean, are you finding it easier or, you know, are you the same as all parents out there who are finding it, frankly, an absolute nightmare? Well, I just, I've I've said this, uh, I I tweeted a a video recently about I just want parents to stop feeling guilty about how they're getting on because my wife and I both, you know, I'm an ex-teacher, my wife still does a bit of teaching, we can't, we, we're struggling. You know, you think about teachers, they have class sizes of 30. We can't manage with a staff ratio of two to three children. So, <laughs> And they were just like, as soon as, uh, we mentioned this before, but as soon as something pro-teaching appeared on the one show, they were just like, right, that's the last question. Right, we're moving on. <laughs> the idea that parents are going to be able to recreate the school experience is too much. I think let's just kind of enjoy the time we've got with our kids rather than putting too much pressure yeah. on us. Well, thank you. Goodness, you read Paul's book and you didn't stay saying he was a school teacher, I think. My, my partner is a teacher. And so you get a bit attuned to this. But they, even on the one show, they so seldom will add into the list of key workers, teachers. They so seldom do it. And there was one the other week that I happened to be watching. And they went through a list of, of key workers. They'd gone all the way through. There were bin men, there were postmen. And just at the last minute, there, and we thank them all. Teachers too. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest they can do. As soon as oh. Ronish was like, "Yeah, teachers are heroes," they were like, "Right, cut, cut the feed." Well, they did. They got the feed. They got that. But the, 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 the spiders, where it was like Michael Ball. They, it was one of those moments where a researcher had gone, "All right, you're in your garage, okay? Mm. They're spiders," and he's got, oh, "I don't like spiders." Oh, talk about that. Michael Ball, set that up. Say to him, "You're in your garage. You've cleared it out for your studio." What about spiders? He doesn't like spiders. He'll talk about spiders. And he, he set that up. And Ramesh played his part by going, oh, you're absolutely right. I don't. I've got my kids and I have to pretend not to be scared of spiders for the kids. And then he was about to tell what I assume was a spider-related amusing tale. And Alex just steamrolled him out of the way. Just went straight over him with the homeschooling thing. Just didn't right. get a chance to answer. Not a moment of There were loads of cobs, cobwebs and stuff like that. I can't even say it. It's not <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> it's kind of perfect, isn't it, that you can do the show from the garage. And he was like, well, you've had him sitting there waiting for this. 
The poor man. The poor man. Who, by the way, started talking about his mum's Zoom technique. Oh, this really freaked me out because I was worried with the PC world if I should laugh when he did his mum's accent. Hello, darling. Is this good, darling? Is this good, darling? It's lovely to see you. He's allowed to do his mum's accent. I don't know because I was sitting there going, am I allowed to laugh at this because he doesn't sound like that? I mean, look, he's allowed to do the accent, but are you allowed to laugh? Yes. Yes, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think Whatever that's John wrong. says, by the way, always worth doing the outro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Time has shown us that's a safer way to live your life. <laughs> but his Zoom technique, he had a go at his mum, and his Zoom technique was terrible in the echoey room. Not that we're anywhere yeah. to speak right uh, here. But... Look, I tell you, the only person who really nailed the Zoom out of the two shows we watched was Jamie Cullum. He absolutely, you for, it was yeah. so good, you forgot he was on Zoom. It was, you know, that's, that's the, a, a British TV first. Yeah. Someone with a Zoom where they don't make jokes about how bad the quality is or then it goes wrong. Yeah. Well done, Jamie. The photos of the public then turned up from VE Day. They'd asked people to send in their VE Day pictures in their trademark one show, Red Frames, which was notable because an old couple was sharing tea in the garden, an afternoon tea of sandwiches with the crust cut off, VE Day bunting and a... Um, a teapot it all looked very twee and very british um <laughs> michael ball then said what cheese is that at the sandwich <laughs> and, and alex just went i think it's red leicester and she just went, i know my cheese <laughs> imagine the two cheeses alex knows i would say they are probably mild cheddar and red leicester those are the two <laughs> delicious cheeses have, have, have you heard of the guinea pig club before uh yes Okay, tell us about the guinea pig club. So yeah. basically, uh, I think it, whatever war it was, probably the Second World War. When this uh, doesn't sound like you're going to know a huge amount about. No, no, I do know. I do know this bit because I don't live too far from the hospital where it was all done. So there was all this experimental plastic surgery. So they were the guinea pigs, but it was a little disturbing. Some of the is pictures. Amanda Holden in the guinea pig? Club? Yes, yes, she is. <laughs> So they were basically there was a doctor who experimented with different grafts um, on people with burns. So that's the guinea pig club. Okay, and then we learned about the surgery, the pioneering surgery that was done, and now there's another version of it called the Casavac. Casavac, um, yeah. Which is I, go- I googled uh, it, but then didn't look at why it's called that. It's got the word evac in, which sounds like it's evacuation. But they were talking about it's the modern equivalent. For soldiers yeah. who, are, who are wounded in the course of But it was, of, uh, it's pioneering conflicts. medical techniques on battlefield situations, isn't it? And these mm. people have only survived, these soldiers have only survived because, because of it. And they were sort of celebrating that, which is all very well and good. However, they set up a Zoom meeting with the newest One Show presenter to the roster, Prince Harry. Here we are. Welcome, everybody. The One Show got in touch and uh, asked if I could shine a light on a group of veterans that lots of people might not know about. Question. Was it Harry or William? I can't remember which one Harry. of them it was. Harry. The one, it was Harry. the one that it lives over the other side now, and we're not allowed to call him that. We just call him a man that's married and lives in America. <laughs> so a man that's married and lives in America had turned yeah. up to talk to some squaddies about their uh, surgery that they that kept them alive, basically, uh, in these two different war eras. However, there was a Zoom meeting between Harry and, what, one, two, three, four others, maybe? Yeah. And they spoke to all of them, bar one. The but guy in the, the top corner. right. Yes. yes. They ignored him completely. And he was the sort of guy who would have gone, oh, I've, you know, I've, I'm on the one show tonight talking about the traumatic time I had in war when all my limbs were blown off and I survived thanks to pioneering surgery. Yeah, and oh, please, could you all tune into the I one show? Prince Harry. Prince yeah. Harry. Everyone I tune in. Prince Harry. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. And in the end, it was no, mate. Cutting room floor for you. <laughs> no. I like the fact that they did it for VE Day. They did a thing about let's not forget 
it, when it gets all jingoistic and ah, Germany are a bunch of slags, ah, VE Day. I like it when they do something where they're sort of going, let's remember how we end up with a VE Day, which is countless lives, you know, ruined and people who have remarkable long roads to recovery. They didn't quite go into enough detail to make it like a good one-show documentary at its best. I felt they could have done a bit more of that. Yeah. Ah, thanks so much to Prince Harry for that. He does make quite a promise in One Show Reporter, don't you think? Yeah, didn't get to see enough of the house, though, did we? But all I could think the whole way through is, is now, because Prince Harry's not part of the royal family, because he stepped out, was this a paid gig? Has he been given a, a £150 appearance fee like other one-show contributors? And I, I just I, I became absolutely spellbound going, no, it's charity. He wouldn't be doing that. But then he did a bit where he opened it, where he really went, um, and this has been made possible by the one-show. That's a bit of a weird name check. Yeah, that Unless was that show. I hadn't thought of that. Well, it was like it's turned into an, an advert, isn't it? So we mm. we got the supermarket advertising, and then McKenna, when McKenna was giving advice to the sleep-deprived people of Britain, and one of them was saying, should I watch television in my room? I, that's what I like to do to try and go to sleep. And McKenna said, absolutely not. Under no circumstances should you watch television in your room. Your room, your bed is for sleeping. <laughs> do not watch television in your room. Although, if you want to watch my YouTube channel, there are various videos on yeah. there uh, where I will teach you sleeping techniques. So, you're going, so what, don't watch television in bed. Just watch his YouTube channel in bed, is what <laughs> McKenna was basically Now, what saying. I was more concerned about in all of that was when he said, the only thing you should be doing in your bed is sleeping, which meant that my entire life is completely redundant now because I do pretty much everything in my bedroom really on this yeah. bed there's a lot happens in this bed <laughs> and not all of it sleeping is it is it a dog's concerned. waiting room is that what you're telling us <laughs> it's a dog's waiting room where you can get sherry sweet and dry oh uh, and then Michael Ball got called fat by Alex Jones. Yeah, well, as you say, lots of different topics covered. I listened to one today about motivating yourself, mm. which I think lots of people are finding difficult. Yep. There's one there on comfort eating. Why are you looking at me? I don't know. Oh, no, don't. Sorry. And uh, one on sleeping as well. And, you know, yeah. lots of people, obviously, are finding it a bit difficult <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> moment oh i feel bad now yeah you should i just look i wore black and everything (laughs) um she didn't handle that great because he was making a joke of it and then she lingered on it too long and started beginning going i am sorry i'm sorry which which hinted that she actually did mean it and she'd been rumbled yeah oh john the last bit where they did the shout outs like on local radio where there were people who'd written in and credit to Alex, she had stopped listening by the time they got to the last one. And so Michael Ball said, um, and we just a shout out to, and I forget his name, Alan, who's managed to, uh, he's just finished nine weeks of chemotherapy. And Alex went, oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and hello to Chris Thornycroft, who's finished nine weeks of chemotherapy today. Oh, Love from goodness. Auntie Liz. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um... And then Michael Ball <laughs> said that coming up next week is Susan Coleman. And I... <laughs> think he meant Susan Calman. <laughs> and tomorrow we'll be back on BBC One with Martin Clunes and Susan Coleman. We'll see you then. Stay Goblet. safe. Bye. Bye-bye. I googled Susan Coleman's. There are no famous Susan Coleman's. So I'm sort of hoping it is someone brand new who's never been on TV before. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really exciting. She's never been on TV. This is her debut. Please welcome Susan Coleman. <laughs> Susan, <laughs> what are you promoting? Nothing. Nothing. Just a normal person. Oh, and then we should we should very briefly before we finish talk upon talk upon and around the film of dragonflies. Another oh. film before social distancing. Wildlife cameraman goes out, 
and points a camera at some reeds and then the one show put that on television as sort of television wallpaper. So this is where I've been coming the last few days. A week ago there was hardly any here and now you can see there's clusters in the reeds there and the more you look the more you see. Initially they are hard to spot. Oh look at the number over here. I would say that is hundreds just dotted along. That is astonishing Steve. Mm. That's the most dragonflies I've ever seen in one place, ever. I mean, there were a lot of dragonflies, in fairness. Oh, it was very well shot. I, I, mean, I thought it was one of the most beautiful things they'd ever filmed. It was the light through the dragonflies' wings, the, the slow-mo dragonflies taking off like Top Gun. All of that was brilliant. But still, it was... I, I, I did particularly like the tips that you got, though, for taking photos of hundreds of dragonflies, which was <laughs> what you do basically is then you point and shoot. Thanks. That's really, really good. I've really learned a lot today in this film about photography. Cheers. Yeah. It's unusual for a one-show film about wildlife to actually have not just a lot of wildlife, but even some wildlife in it. <laughs> so at least with that one, they did what they set out to do. And by that virtue of alone, very rare, very unusual. Well done, the one-show. You did what you said you were going to do. And there, you see, we've more or less ended it on a positive note, which I think in these dark times is the right thing to do. Yeah, I think in fairness to our show, we need to keep our USP and just mention that both shows were unwatchable shit. (laughs) And there we will bring this week's The The One Show show to a firm end. Pop the to Apple Podcasts to drop a review or a five-star rating. They're the only ones we accept. And if you do accidentally happen upon an episode of The One Show for yourself in the wild, do stand completely still. And remember, it's more scared of you than you are of it. And while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show, still from two metres away, also looks back into you. Goodbye. Wherever you may be. And don't forget that once this podcast downloads, before you listen to it, do leave it outside for 72 hours in case it's got some virus on it. And while you're remembering to do that, remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look into the one show, the one show, from two metres away, also looks back into you. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jack Beaumont. I do Crime Club. In Series 1, I spoke to people like this. Did you not kick a policeman in the head? Yeah, that was... When was that? I was 17. Wait, was I 17 or 19? I think I might have been 19, actually. In Series 2, I talked to people like this. There was a paedophile with one leg. I kicked him clean out of his wheelchair. About four of us... I mean, we battered him. And this. Cheated on your boyfriend to give him gonorrhea? Do you want to go there or would you rather not? Yeah, no, 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 I could talk about it. I have jingles like this. That's Crime Club, where strange people tell stories involving bad behaviour. New episodes out every Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.